Hello, and welcome back to Astromantics, uh, the show where uh, I talk about astrology and I say fun tidbits and things that I see, or I interview people and I'm like, oh, oh hey, is this how, how does this work for you? How does your astrology work for you? Particularly in sex and intimacy, because it's my favorite subject. Do you, would you like to know some um, tidbits about the royal couple, uh, Prince... Prince William of Wales, Prince of Wales, William, Prince William. You want to hear about that guy? I mean, why not? And then Kate Middleton, that's the other person. I was going to do Prince William and his brother, but uh, I'll tell you why when I look at their chart, why I went, oh, now I'm going to do Kate Middleton. Um, anyway, so let's talk about their celebrity charts. Let's just pop right in. Okay. Let me find my pictures of them in case y'all don't know who I'm talking about. All right. Boop. Bap. Boop. All right. Here they are. The royal couple. Um, in 1998, eight, nine, 1999, when I was 19, I got to go to London, England. And Prince William is only two years younger than me. So he was like around the same age. And I remember like all the girls on my missions trip where I was missioning there in England because they need to know more about Jesus, apparently. Uh, when I was a missionary there, I remember like all the girls being like, oh my God, what if we meet Prince William? And like, he like asked us to marry us, like this whole like Cinderella complex thing. And I thought he was like cute, but he was so quiet that I was like, I don't know you guys. Uh, but anyway, it was really funny. I just remember thinking, oh my God, he's so cute. And so did all the other girls on the team. What else? Look at the studies now, right? Here's he and Kate showing pictures of he and Kate on the YouTubes here. Uh, here they are. Here they are. And then they have like three babies, right? I don't know their names. I know Charlotte's the girl, right? Anyway, that's like as much as I actually even know about them. Um, but I love prying into people's business, especially people who are uh, a little on the secretive side. <laughs> All right, let's look at their charts. First, we're going to look at Mr. William. William is here. This is his solo chart. All right. <clears throat> Mr. Prince here is a 27 degree Sagittarius rising and he got black moon Lilith 29 degrees retrograde so he processes it more internally he he thinks of himself as a bit of an outcast in some way right because black moon Lilith gives um when I am my ego will betray me right black moon Lilith is uh the place in our chart where we feel like if we speak up about this part of us, that we will be labeled an outcast. So Broham here has a Sagittarius rising with a black moon Lilith on it. So he, in his own mind, feels like if he were to be his own Sagittarius self, which is sort of like goofy and klutzy because it's a Jupiter ruled sign, it is a bit of a happy-go-lucky. It's also like a preachy sign. It's the sign that's like, um, I want to teach you a thing or two, right? Um, and it will burn with its teachings too, right? Like Sagittarius and Sagittarius is also a little bit like lusty. I wonder if he feels like if he were to show his 
lusty side that he might be considered an outcast. Just a thought, but um, he is somewhat of a, must be somewhat of a spiritual person. We've got Neptune, excuse me, goodness, Neptune, 25 retrograde on the AC too. Now, this is really interesting because other people who I know who have Neptune this close, so Neptune 25 degrees, AC 27 degrees, and this is birth chart in hand, so really good rating for this chart to be accurate. People who I know who have Neptune on the ascendant um, are kind of a little bit gender fluid, you know, um, like the the males that I know who have Neptune on the ascendant tend to be like wear earrings, right? And they they put in like these feminine touches, you know, they are masculine, but there's like this uh, feminine quality. They'll grow their hair long or have lots of aesthetic ways of wearing their hair that are a little bit feminine. But when I look at Mr. Princey over here, I see somebody who ain't portraying that so much, right? We got a very crisp dude here. A dude is wearing suits. I mean, that's kind of pastory, right? Uh, Sagittarius is like the sign of the teacher or the pastor. It looks kind of pastory to me, right? I bet he's, I, I bet he laughs quite a bit, right? <sighs> yeah, he's definitely charming. That's definitely what's up. Um, But yeah, but he got a but so Neptune, I wonder if he wishes that he could dress more um feminine, like wear like pinks and like what you think of as a uh, more feminine leaning um ensembles you know like I wonder I wonder if he'll get more eccentric the older he gets too because he's also got Uranus here first house so this is a person who is a bit of an independent thinker right this is a person who kind of doesn't exactly care he himself may not care about what society thinks of his manner of dress but like his family would, right? He would feel like an outcast if he were to really be an eccentric person, like he wants to be, you know? That's like my first impression of sort of this chart. Ah, oh, yeah, and look it up here. So Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius. So we look where, hey, where's Jupiter then up in your chart? So he does have a zero degree Jupiter, again, retrograde, right? So there's more of an internal thing popping for him than something that he manifests or says out loud or shows out loud. And he really don't show that out loud because that Jupiter, Scorpio, that's a secretive placement. That is a, I want to be in control of how I'm seeing placement. So Broham want to be in control of himself, right? or in control of how others see his ego, right? Ah, that's a little bit secretive there, you know, a little bit, oh my God. And then his MC is also in the 12th house. So that's kind of like a, so that's like a, his career line is to investigate deeply um, 12th house things, what makes enemies, what makes um, the institutionalized and the imprisoned I wonder if he really cares about imprisoned persons or people who feel like they're imprisoned. Do you know what I mean? Like that's um, an interesting thought to have. Cares about him too. We got Siri here. Siri is the asteroid. She's a really big asteroid and she's the earth mother, right? Sometimes it can be, um, it can be where somebody who we cared about and who nurtured us 
passed away or was also viewed as an enemy, right? It's, I think of it as like an aunt or a grandma sometimes who shows those things. I know in this case, it was his mother. And so we've got, he's got that Jupiter zero degree Scorpio in his 12th house of loss, right? And this would be big losses. This would be a feeling of big loss. And look at this, y'all. That zero degree in Jupiter is an exact trine to a zero degree sun, a zero degree Periapus, and a four degree moon. So like, dang, that is, um, oof. and then the eighth house is death and intense things that happen to us in our life. This dude has, there's an ease with it. So if he had like a square, this could be something that maybe causes him a lot of, a lot of grief and a lot of guff, but because it's a trine, it's like something that there's an ease with. And perhaps because it happened when he was younger and it's been around a long time, you know, um, but mom in the house of death and in trying to Jupiter of big loss. Yeah. Right. And then Jupiter trying that sun. So this is also interesting to me. Um, Jupiter is, uh, what we experience in our life as buoyant or, um, beneficial. So he definitely perhaps feels buoyed by investigating things, uh, maybe investigating enemies even, right. Or the incarcerated or the downtrodden, right. Also end of life things like, I wonder if he, like what his relationship to the occult and his maybe like contacting his mom are like, that's the thought I have. Like, I'm like, all Ooh, like, I wonder if he has like, has he ever tried a seance, you know, or does he like have a psychic on hand or a tarot reader on hand or something to like help him contact his mom? Like legit. That's what I think of right here. I don't know if he's talked about it ever, but it would not surprise me if he hasn't because 12th house is a shh place and eighth house is a shut the fuck up about it place, right? So he's got to shut the fuck up about how his dad, his relationship to his dad a little bit. He keeps that on the wraps too. Uh, but there's a trine here, a, tr a sun trine Jupiter. This is somewhat of an ease in the relationship with dad, right? There is some kind of, dad can buoy him, can uplift him, right? Um, so that's kind of hard, you know, nice to see, even though they're in like problematic houses, that's still pretty nice to see, you know, that maybe they do have a secret, but like um, nurturing connection, watery connection, a psychic connection, maybe. I wonder if he feels like he has like a psychic connection. Like he just knows what his dad's going to say. Anyway, tangent over. That's what I thought. All right. So buddy boy here might be a little bit rough. Might be a little bit eccentric, right? Um, Kate Middleton, if you're listening to this, um, does he like to rough house? Because people who are sad rising are definitely like, oh, like rugby, like playing hard sports, wrestling, like those are things that a Sagittarius rising really likes to do. So does he like to roughhouse Kay Middleton? Does he like to surprise you or like be roughhousey in an, an eccentric way, right? Because Uranus gives eccentricity. And then Neptune gives like transcendence, right? So 
this also gives me like um rough tantra vibes I don't know that's like my first thought so funny all right his second house, which I want to talk about because that's of ethics. He's got Capricorn ethics. That is building. That is grinding. It's also altruistic, right? It wants to make old ways tangible, right? And his lot of fortune is here. So, And his Juno is here. So his like ideal community is a responsible community. This is probably why we see him as being like sort of austere and responsible, right? His values are Capricorn. So which is um, responsible. And his Saturn is up here in the exalted place of uh, Libra, his 11th house. So he's quite good at, he's powerfully good maybe even at delegating responsibility to people. He's got Mars here in Libra too. We'll talk about this, but uh, Mars can be rather indecisive though, right? Saturn is Saturn is like, I know what to do with everyone in the world, right? 11th house community. And he has authority in his community, right? Powerful authority, right? We got Pluto Saturn here conjunct in the 11th house as powerful authority to um, organize people or put people into working relationships um, and, and that they might be successful in, right? But then Saturn kind of goes... Saturn gives relationship hardships though. Saturn um, wants to sever. And then in, um, in the sign of Libra, severing relationships, but then being, having a hard time doing that, right? Um, but really good with people though and delegating people. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself here though now. So Saturn rules his second house of values. Dude definitely values people. He definitely does. He definitely has an altruistic mind about it for sure. So that is also like a thing that I'm seeing. That's very interesting. All right. So now we're going to look at the Mars and the Venus, right? Because that tells us the juicy bits of what is he attracted to? How is he attracted to them? Um, right. Uh, attraction. So he's got a Venus in her domicile. Taurus, a motherfucker, likes uh, to wear nice things, quality things, things that feel really good on his skin. He will care very hard about interesting though but he's got chiron wounds here maybe he feels bad about luxury right because uh venus in venus in taurus every day sixth house dude is surrounded by luxury every day surrounded by like uh jewels every day right uh every day and he's at home in it right working it and stuff like really interesting um, but has wounds around it. So he has wounds around um, attracting people every day, right? Uh, he's got maybe wounds in loving luxury, being attracted to that, right? Which I've already said. Um, this also gives like routines and health. Dude could be lazy every day. And he would definitely have wounds around that, right? Like if he took a, a lazy day off, he might not love that, you know? Uh, but want it super bad or maybe does it, but like feels bad. Anyway, we got wounds here. His, so his Chiron is 25 degrees. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah, he's got Chiron 25 degrees in Taurus. Now, normally Chiron by itself in the sign of Taurus, which I have, and everybody who's born early 1980s will have. 
Um, they have wounds around feeling security. Oh, he's got wounds around women, probably feeling secure with women. He might have some wounds there. Um, cause Venus can be represent the ladies were attracted to, right? The feminine peeps were attracted to the people were attracted to really. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got some wounds that are attached to attraction here for him. Um, which is really interesting and it's every day and uh sixth house is everyday routines and it's health right so you know he's surrounded by luxury every day i mean if not knowing that he's the prince of wales knowing that he's surrounded by luxury every day like yeah um but yeah we got someone here. so he's going to be attracted to um torresian women right uh, women who like to throw or host parties and events, right? Venus and Taurus vibes. Uh, women who are, yeah, reliable, committed, traditional. Uh, very, very attracted to that, but then also feels wounded by it. Anyway, um, so he's attracted to um, luxury things, luxury women, women who love luxury, women who know how to wear luxury. Uh, but then also women who are... Um, down with well okay so i'm saying women right because i think of venus and taurus that seems like a very it's like a feminine sign it's a feminine sign with a feminine planet here right um but i wonder if he wants to if he's ever thought about like mars likes to penetrate right all right so we're going to switch over to mars whatever he's got mars libra 11th house mars is what we like to how we aggressively pursue something right how we um how we go after something what we fight for what, and it's fighting or fucking right so mars in libra wants to or it definitely gives fighting with um people they're in relationship with but in specifically his is like the 11th house so that's like fighting with communities with with other countries in this dude's case right saturn though knows better saturn restricts it saturn goes whoa 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 mars stop it but mars likes to bring up problems in relationships like people who i know have venus and mars like they will um they can't let things slide they like point it out right and then they'll do it and you'll be like oh why'd you bring that up that's just gonna cause more division and of course it's gonna cause more division mars and libra you know so i wonder if sometimes um other countries or other people think he has like poor taste and social skills sometimes i like wonder a little bit right because yeah just the thought because he's so secretive right he's got all he's got his sun and moon in the eighth house that's secretive that is uh only my closest peeps know me and see me cry this dude cries this dude is a crier for certain uh even if he doesn't like show it very often in public yes he does he he cries a lot i could tell you that right now a lot of crying too we got a jupiter in scorpio he may not show it you may not see it he does Tell me I'm wrong, Kate. Tell me I'm wrong, right? Um, it's not a bad thing, 
right? And he may feel like that could be an outcasty thing too, to show his real feelings that way, to show his, you know, a lot of crying, you know? Um, oh, that's a lot of grief though. Um, anyway, so that, that, so to deal with a Mars and Leave, they can be very uh, indecisive. It's really hard. They want to get like a consensus and then they, uh, it's hard to be, so Mars wants to be quick, decisive, open, direct, honest, right? He, Mars wants to win and wants to conquer. It is an Aries thing, right? It is a Scorpio thing. Either I wait and I attack and I win because I wait for the win, or I'm an Aries, uh, Mars, and I just say what needs to be said, right? And then, um, so that we can move forward. And I'm sorry I hurt you. And I'm sorry you had some friendly crossfire, but we got to the source of the thing. Yay. Get to the source, get to the source. So Mars and Libra has a harder time, um, getting to the source because it doesn't want to hurt feelings. Mars doesn't care about hurting feelings so much, but Mars in Libra has to care about hurting feelings. It has to. So this makes for a softer kind of decision maker, right? Um, people may feel like he is, I'm going to do quote unquote weak in the decision making being decisive arena because of that Mars there. Now his Saturn though, really good with people, like he knows it, but he really needs to um, work with other signs uh, to help make his Mars more effective, right? Like other people who have like maybe a Mars in Aries or a Mars in, let's see, what would, be, what would you be good with? A Mars in Leo. A Mars in Leo would be really good for you, Prince William, to help you make decisions, right? A Mars in Leo. Uh, a Mars in Sagittarius maybe too, if you were like roughhousing with somebody and they had like a Mars and maybe one of your people that you roughhouse with, you know, and a rugby team, like maybe they could help you make decisions. Um, but I think a Mars and Leo would be like really good. That There would at least be an ease there with it, right? Uh, a Mars and Aquarius, not so much because that would be like somebody who fights with the world, right? The community, the globe fights with perspective, right? And then a Mars and Gemini, Oh, that would put that Mars and Gemini in his seventh house. So unless you are like fighting with that person, that relationship might eventually get severed. So maybe not another air Mars for you since you're a world leader. Uh, anyway, just his thoughts. All right. But um, yeah, so very uh, secretive. He, um, maybe the more he gets to... Um, know someone the more um control he might give them you know because when I see eighth house things I I think of power plays right sub dom plays somebody who doesn't want to make decisions uh cancer is um very food very homey wants to be the source this person would not be down with his wife stepping out on him right people who I know have like a moon in cancer and especially a sun in cancer they don't do poly so much Mm, and a Venus and Taurus. Yeah, we like traditional. So this guy is not going to be down for multiple partners. Exactly. Um, so there is that, right, for this guy. All right, let's switch over to Kate's chart. Now, Kate doesn't have the best chart time, right? She's got it from like memory. So 
this AC, I mean, her AC here, right? Her rising sign is 19 degrees of Leo. That's, that's kind of in the middle, but uh, she could be a Virgo rising uh, or she could possibly be a Cancer rising. Uh, right now we have it at Leo rising, which, you know, so can still make sense since uh, we see her a lot, right? I don't know that I think of her as like performative though, or like, yeah, I don't know. I think it was performative. Um, but okay, so her if her rising sign is Leo, then she may like to be begged, right? Like that kind of satisfies her ego. Like if somebody's like, please, you know, whatever. Like I know Leo risings like to be begged a little bit. Leo suns too. Um. I don't know that you're going to find much begging, though, from the chart we just saw, right? Your hubby, because he looked like he needed to be in control, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, But uh, a fire sign rising, you know, uh, is the ruler of their chart. They're kind of like a big cat, too, right? Like catnaps is a thing that I know with Leo risings. I've seen that a lot with Leo risings. They like to take a lot of naps. Because they're like a big old kitty. Um, we have a, a we again, she also has a Mars in Libra in her third house of um this is um siblings, this is her neighborhood, this is her um early childhood, right? Um, and again, she's also got a Saturn Pluto together, right? Like the hubby. So, uh, powerfully good at, um, knowing what relationships or what structures people should be in, right? Libra is a social sign. Libra is partnering with others, right? So this again makes for like a powerful glue for each other, but then they could also give like powerful power struggles too. Mars on Mars action. Oh man, we're gonna look at their sinistry here in a second. That is a hard aspect. That can make for fighting. Interesting. But again, Kate is also somebody who can be fairly indecisive, right? Really indecisive, maybe when it comes to uh siblings, right? Indecisive uh, is where they might see her the be indecisive the most, like unsure. Um, Saturn though gives, um, yeah, just really good delegation skills and strategy. So she's got really good policy here. She's got really good strategy. She's got really good social boundaries, powerful social boundaries too, hidden social boundaries because Pluto does hide and it gives us a crisis in extreme. So she's definitely gonna, definitely going to experience like powerful social uh power struggles with a sibling right or like that could be a thing that comes up um not quite severing maybe wants to sever maybe points out the problems with her sibling right doesn't she have a sibling megan mergle isn't her sibling right that's prince william's brother's wife right I know she has a sister though, because I know the sister carried the train at the wedding. That's like what I know. Um, yeah. 
anyway, so Mars just want Mars. Mars wants to sever things it doesn't serve it so it can move ahead, but Mars doesn't like to sever relationships even when it should. So um, Mars and Libra is a hard one. It's a hard one to deal with. It can be kind of, um, dif- it's difficult to partner with a person and um, with a Mars and Libra. And because there's always kind of some kind of Mars, right? Fighting. Anyway, she also has a Jupiter in Scorpio here. Um, and so Jupiter in Scorpio means like makes money through secretive means <laughs> or means that other people don't see. Uh, her husband has the same thing. They, they're close in age. Oh yeah, she's January 82. He's August 82. So same year. Um, let's see here. So like, might feel very uh secretive about husband or husband comes from home but from a secretive place anyway they're like themes that you'll see right that are significators um like fourth house is roots family home uh jupiter she may have oh shoot she may have a a psychic connection or pursue sort of occulty things when it comes to coming in contact with her husband's Jupiter here, Roots family home, and then Siri, right? Caretaker here, right? So I wonder if she's ever used like tarot or psychics or anything like that to like contact her husband. I wonder if they do it together. Oh my God. I hope they do it together. That'd be really interesting. Um, all right. Fifth house, fifth house of romance. Oh, dang. I didn't look at a William's house. What? What? Okay. Prince William has an Aries fifth house. Okay. Okay. But that's ruled by Mars. So whatever you want to do, honey, is the vibe there. Meanwhile, she has a Uranus here in the fifth house. That's like independent, right? Um. So Prince William also has uh Uranus and Sagittarius, which makes for a freedom-loving, independent-loving, um, loves eccentric aesthetics, right? Because um, Sagittarius can be about aesthetics. Um, maybe we'll teach in eccentric ways. Um, we also, again, have Black Moon Lilith here with her in Sagittarius. So maybe she feels like an outcast for being eccentric. Um her community, right? Eccentric community, but very devoted, right? We've got Vesta here. That means she's pretty devoted to her um, beliefs. And I think of like, okay, so fifth house is children, right? So this is definitely like devoted to children. Feels like an outcast so though somehow and definitely needs alone time from children because Uranus, wherever it is in our chart is a space where we need space. We need independence and we need freedom in some way. So, and she might be like an eccentric mom, we might find, right? That she's an eccentric, she she does eccentric things with her children or outside of the box things with her children. She might also do like quirky eccentric things uh, in the bedroom because it's the house of creativity, right? So part of the way that she uh, expresses herself is creative outside the box aesthetics, which I don't, I don't really see her doing that exactly. I see her kind of in like blue jeans off. Oh, she has a sun 
So her son is in Capricorn. That's practical. Um, that is don't reinvent the wheel. That is goal setter, get it done. Um, and also has a pleasure with getting by with very little, right? Uh, Capricorn is like, what you can't get by with that, you should see what I could get by with if you can't get by with that, right? There's a bit of a judginess to it because they um, probably, she she might've had a lot of alone time when she was a kid, right? She's got a lot of Aquarius here and a lot of Capricorn, which is I had time alone a lot. That's what that gives, right? Um, so she is a very, um, a responsible person, right? This is a person and it's her South node. So it's kind of like a given, like in her past life, she also had to be responsible. So being responsible is how she's kind of always been and there's easy access to it, but she's actually called, um, North node over here. Her North node in cancer is called to lean into being a mom, right? Uh, lean into nurturing others and lean into nurturing and mothering maybe the incarcerated, the institutionalized and the outcast, right? Um, so meant to lean more into that, uh, whereas Capricorn can be co very concerned with goals and, and how they're perceived in the world, right? Perceived as mature, as good boundaries, as well-structured as, you know, a power person, right? To be less about, um, to be less about what does it mean to be every day, um, careering and more about what does it mean to be every day, um, nurturing and momming, um, in Pisces ways. So being attentive and intuitive when it comes to her children, it's kind of a thought that I have when I see this. Um, but yeah, we got Uranus in the fifth house. Is she eccentric um, when it comes to sex for fun and sex for pleasure? You know, um, have y'all ever experimented with uh, when I see when I see Uranus in the fifth and in the first house, like her hubby had, I'm like, uh, y'all should mess around with electrocution a little bit, you know, like zapping each other, get a violent wand. You heard it here. I'm telling them to do that. Try that out. Um. But yeah, that's like quirky. Is she quirky in the bedroom? You know, I mean, yeah. And if we knew about it, she might feel a little bit. No, she kind of likes to be an eccentric outcast in some way. She's definitely fanatically devoted to her um, beliefs, right? To her aesthetic, to her transcendence, right? Neptune's here. So she's, she she she's like de fanatically devoted to her beliefs in her spiritual life right like doing that could be uh, a bit of a fun thing for her like for us to see for us for her to show um all right and then we have venus so she's got her venus retrograde in aquarius and we've got mercury in aquarius in her seventh house here, where her lot of spirit and her lot of fortune are. She's smart, 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 smart. She is a forward-thinking person. Um, very forward-thinking. She gets inspired by forward-thinking people, right? Um, she inspires forward-thinking people, right? She has a real love of community 
Um, her husband might get frustrated though with how much she may equate others and him. So Aquarius is the sign of sort of like everyone perspective, right? And other signs can get frustrated with Aquarius because they're so detached. They're like, if everyone can't, then I can't. If everyone can't, then you can't, right? Like what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You can't have, um, even though Capricorn believes in hierarchy, right? There is a hierarchy. Uh, Aquarius has ideals, right? What are the ideals of using hierarchy, you know? Um, Venus is retrograde here, which means that she is extra internal about what she's attracted to. She's going to be eccentric also. Others will see. Again, we have this eccentricity here about her. I bet she gets even more eccentric the older that she gets. Oh, that's exciting. I can't wait to see what like she wears, right? Um, or the things that she does, right? I wonder if she like massively embraces innovation in some way, you know, for the more she can innovate, the more wealth it will bring her, right? A more success with her husband it will bring her too. And the more she'll feel inspired, her soul will feel happy about it, you know? Um, so that's kind of fun to see. But Aquarius can be very, can be seen um, as cold and detached. And it's not that they are, it's just that things don't affect them the way that it affects other people, right? Like uh, Venus in a water sign, they like to feel connected. And if they can't be in the presence of a person or if they don't feel connected, then it's like hard for them, right? They need to hear, know, feel connected, right? Um, Venus, and, and so they can get emotional, right? They can get, um, they, they can cry, they can, right? A water Venus, is kind of like that, right? A fire Venus um, has a little more in common with air Venuses, right? Um, so fire Venuses kind of burn with their attraction or burn with their love. Um, they're quick to infatuate usually, you know, quick to attract, quick to be attracted to, and then kind of quick to be like, peace out sometimes, right? Like they're kind of like, uh, it. if you can't be with the one, no. Venus and Aries is like competitive, right? They want to fight with their people. They they fight it playfully. It's playful, but come on, you can't talk to me that way. But they like, they're fighty with it. Um, Venus and Sagittarius is like, uh, let's tell the truth, right? Loves roughhousing usually. Um, loves aesthetics, right? They'll be, they themselves will dress like a boho goddess usually, or they'll be aesthetically pleasing in some way, something about them. They will like be dressed well. Um, and then a Venus in Leo is super generous. So that's generous with friends. They love to lead, uh, love, love to lead. They um, love to be the hype man for their loved ones and their friends. It's really fun. Venus and Leo, super generous, maybe over generous with friends sometimes. Um, so air Venuses are intellectual she is attracted to smart people. Venus in Aquarius is like, show me your brain. That gets me off, right? Like Venus in Aquarius loves the weird, right? Um, they don't care so much about the body shape of a person as so much as they care about the body brain, the brain of a person, right? They'll just be like, oh, oh my God, I love 
they like to learn, right? They like someone who can keep a conversation going too, right? If they're talking with someone and that person drops the conversation, they're like, all right, cool. So what people don't understand about Venus and Aquarius is that if they're not talking to you, it's not because they don't like you. It's really because they kind of more rely on other people to keep the conversation going. That's a thing with Venus and Aquarius. And so people can view that as somebody who's detached, somebody who's not engaging, you know, because as long as you're sharing your mind with a Venus and Aquarius, then they're like, oh, I'm into it, right? They love that. Especially if you're smart or they're learning something from you, they really love that. But I bet she can come across as a little bit cold and detached to people, you know, especially to her marriage partner, right? This is in a seventh house here of other. Uh, she got the mind of Steve Jobs, though. I bet I wonder if she likes um, lazy tech. Venus is kind of lazy, and then Mercury is like technology. Anyway, all right, let's look at their chart together really quick. This is their synastry. I have Prince William, who is the better chart in the middle, and I have Princess Kate on the outside. All right, so we've got moon on moon action here, moon and cancer. Uh, they should give each other cookies. Um, this means that they probably both tear up around similar things. Um, he cries more than she does, hands down. Um, and her moon falls into his eighth house. So, uh, she's at home. She feels at home in his intensity, especially his intensity around his mother. I wonder if that's something they feel about a lot, you know, or talk about a lot. I do wonder that same North node here, both have a North node in cancer, which means they are both meant to nurture other people like mom other people mom the world you know he is going to mom and nurture his um his phoenix moments right he's going to have phoenix moments um we are going to see his emotions and his son so like we'll definitely see some massive phoenix moments where you burn it all down to the ground and then you rebuild that's usually what happens and he had them early in life which he had a massive Phoenix moment, right? Zero degrees, four degrees early in life. Cause you know, mom passed away. Right. So we had a oh, Phoenix, like, oh my God, intense moment, especially for a kid. So we have that going on there, but she's able to comfort him, right? She, she got that moon too. They, they moon, see they moons. Now it is still a hard conjunction though. Um, both of them might still feel like they're competing with, having each other's feelings being seen by the other, right? Like they might, it's still a hard conjunction, but the moon is in domicile. They're just both right about their feelings, you know, like interesting, but it is a hard aspect. And then again, though, we've got though her moon to his son. This is classic sort of um, partner conjunction, right? When one person's son is um can in is conjunct or you know co-present in the house with another person's so that's good partnership sun moon conjunctions are good they're like classic um jupiters are together let's see. usually the jupiter in a heteronormative chart which this would be because they're together um and their culture probably won't let them be anything else. You know, I don't know. They got that Mars and Libra though. So Mars, Libra is the least straight of the Zodiac, but, and Mars likes to penetrate. I bet they got dreams about it. Dreams about penetrating. 
people who aren't their spouse. Uh, just love thought. Um, but so we've got, okay, so we have that sun, moon. I was going to look at her Jupiter, which is here. And how is that aspecting his sun? Hmm. We don't have an aspect to his sun exactly. Although his sun is zero degrees cancer and her Jupiter is seven degrees, right? So it's a wide, a wide trine. There is a trine pop in here. Her Jupiter to his sun. So that's happening. There is an aspect there. Okay, this is the thing I was going to point out though. You guys see this? You see her Mars on his Mars action and Mars Saturn here. So Saturn's going to try and help mitigate about Mars on Mars. That's not an easy aspect. That is a like, um, that is a, <laughs> and her Mars is in a square to his moon. Okay. So they definitely disagree about how, or they definitely fight and argue about um, how he should rule, right? The 11th house here, the community, right? And, oh yeah, we don't really know her house exactly, maybe, but Leo, Leo, Leo is, where was her? Um, I just want to see the Leo really quick. AC. So her Libra is, uh, Third house. Okay. Third house. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just wanted to look at that really quick. So this is her third house. This is his 11th house. So the third house is online communication, right? So he and she might fight about, oh, uh, tabloids, right? Mercury. So her third house is Mercury ruled. So like that's um, a relayer of messages. So that is definitely like tabloids. That's like online stuff. That would be like the telephone. That would be like, right. Communication, right. Processing things. I wonder, and then I would also be siblings. So I wonder if they have kind of some hard disagreements around her siblings and around the way he um, delegates or doesn't delegate enough to others. Right. I wonder if that's like a thing they maybe at times, really fight about um Saturn on Saturn though that's kind of nice because then they can at least um structure the fight right Saturn's very strong here um it'll all it could also make them really super reserved with each other though too powerfully so powerfully hidden but it also can give like a glue that's a pretty strong glue too a powerful glue hmm all right, let's look at their sun. So he has a water sun. She has a opposite earth sun. Um, so sun opposite sun, his son of cancer, her son of Capricorn, at least it's a wide set opposition. So they uh, view things differently. They'll shed light on things differently. If they can find a, and that in ways that oppose, cancer sons want to pay attention to and be the source of, um, you know, love for family, right? They want to be a source for family. They want to be a source of intuition and water. He's very psychic, this guy, uh, Prince William in the eighth house, right? That's definitely psychic vibes about family here. 
And then hers will be like, so he will be like, I want to be the source. And she's like, what's practical though? We need to climb. We need to scale. And he's like, why don't we just stay here? You know, I mean, they're both cardinal. So they both initiate, right? But he wants to initiate cozy family. She wants to initiate power couple, right? That's kind of, so they're going to have oppositions, you know, in ways that they go about doing things right um her venus falls into his third house so she's definitely talking to him and trying to give him perspective on his brother all the time all the time all the time all the time i bet um his venus falls into her mc but they're they're like way off though okay because i think i have to do the anyway her venus his Venus falls into her 10th house of career. Okay. So that is correct. Her 10th house here. Yeah. So his Venus fall of every day falls into her 10th house of legacy. So they definitely are seen as a beautiful couple. Right. And um, he is going to move her up in luxury, right? His Venus luxury Venus um, and is going to, influence her career and how she's seen right it's now sort of more luxury in the world they've got chiron and chiron that's a hard aspect too what i like about a chiron and taurus and a chiron and taurus is they have the capacity to sort of heal each other's wounds like um chiron is where we ourselves can't heal but where we can heal other people right the wounded healer so as they work out there um, wounds around feeling security, right? Um, around stability and being there for each other. The more they can address their own wounds, the more they will heal each other in that. And that's pretty beautiful. I like that. Um, I wanted to see, but yeah, I always want to see where the friction is. Okay, so we've got a Mercury trine Mercury. This is great for communication and processing things, right? She gives him innovation and perspective. He gives her stories. He gives her prankster. Mercury here. Mercury is stronger here. So this Merc his Mercury is very strong. Um, he likes to tell stories. Um, he likes to play jokes. He likes to be curious. And then she likes to fix the thoughts. So he'll be like, I'm curious about this. I'm curious about this. She'll be like, oh, that that's how this can be applied in a good way, right? I'm glad you processed this, or I'm glad that you have that story, right? This person probably, he probably loves books because a Mercury in uh, Gemini tends to like books, uh, tends to like all forms of communication. Um, and it's a dual. So this is really good. This is excellent for communication. He can be two people and she can see why he's got to be this way to this person and this way to this person. She has perspective and love for why he must do this. So that's really good. Mercury trying Mercury. Uh, and then her Mercury falls into his third house, which is really good because Mercury rules the third house. So that's good communication, really good communication. That is awesome for them. Um, sun, especially with that sun opposite sun, like they can process it out if they give each other the space to do so. Uh, she needs space though, um, Prince William. She needs a lot of space. She needs space. She needs to be like her own person right like she needs that just saying that um because that aquarius needs that independence all right mars and that mars on mars that mercury tri mercury is going to be 
oh, this is so good too. So that Mars on Mars action that we're seeing here that leads to like fighting around things um, are they both of their Mars are in trying to their Mercury's. Awesome. This gives me hope. This means that they can talk about and process through their disagreements on how relationships should work, right? Or the faults in relationships, which is super good. Um, and then they have same Jupiter on Jupiter. This means that, you know, similar things buoy them like a cult. I really want to know if they like do that together. If they ever tried that together or like what that is for them. Um, ooh, let's do a, um, composite generator to see how the relationship will go. I could keep mining all day. Okay, so they are seen as a power couple. Um, I'm now looking at their composite chart, uh, which is the combining of their, both their charts. Um, so they're going to be in partner for a long time. So they, they have a Libra rising, right? And so they have their Mars, their Saturn and their Pluto then all in their rising sign, which means that it can take a long time to make decisions. And I think I recall they were like together for a long time, or there was like an on again, off again component to their relationship when they first met. And then when they got together, now they're like a solid power couple. They have an exalted sun in Aries in the seventh house. So definitely seen as this power couple. And then Mercury is here as well. Venus is also in Aries. This is a, we show each other, we love each other by fighting. This is a that thing here. So they definitely will be seen as possibly bickering. Um, others who they're close to, right? We'll see them as bickering. We will see them in a Leo way, which is like a um, leadership position because Leo in the 11th house is leadership, right? It's the king and queen. It's the, literally that. So that's fun to see that right off the bat. They're rulers, MC, right? Career, 11th house in the world, the globe, right? Because the 11th house is the globe. MC in Leo in the globe is like going to be seen with their legacy and their career by the world, right? Really interesting. Um, secretive about their wealth and their resources and their ethics and things that make them their beliefs. Super secretive about that. Um, and then also uh, Jupiter in the second house gives uh, a lot of wealth, right? But having to be secretive about that wealth, about that inheritance, so that's a thing. Um, and then we've got fourth house of roots, family, and home for their composite chart is Capricorn. Hierarchy, right? Building, structure, old, old structure. And they're devoted to it. Interesting. Oh, and they're a lot of fortune together. So the sum of their parts is in their fourth house. So came from old family, right? With fortune here, a lot of fortune in the fourth house is also a significator of came from fortune. They both came from fortune. Oh, it's so fun. It's always just so fun to see things, you know, see, I just learned about a lot of fortune even more. I did a deep dive on it and they were saying that people who were born with a lot of fortune in the fourth house um, came from fortune usually. So really fun to see. Um, we've got a moon. In cancer, nurturing, so seen at their home. Uh, yeah, their 10th house of legacy, it comes from mom. 
comes from nurturing, comes from women, uh, which is like the queen, right? The His mom, Princess Diana, and then his grandmother, the queen, right? So come from women. They get their uh, legacy from women. Oh, that's so fun to see too. So fun to see. Yeah, all right. Uh, will it last? Ooh, we've got a moon square Mercury sun here. That is a lot of friction, y'all, in their marriage. They do have a lot of friction. Uh, but the sun is in its domicile, which gives it power. And the moon is, in, or the sun is exalted and the moon is in her domicile. So, oh, and there's a square to that Mars. People, this is pretty rough. This is definitely rough. I cannot lie. I cannot, I cannot sugarcoat this. Oh God. And then we've got a Mars opposite. Ooh. They are hiding. Um, they are hiding the friction that they deeply feel when they are with each other. That's kind of a challenge and a sort of a sad part to say. Um, but they are in, well, the sun can at least give Mars power because Mars prefers to be in Aries. So there is a conversation here between the sun and Mars, right? Um, but yeah, this is fucking or fighting. And then this Mars square their moon, that is hard feelings in relationship. This is hard feelings in their like soul together. Uh, well, I don't want to end on like a down note, you know, anything is possible. Anything can be like worked out, you know, but seeing this moon in square to the sun and the Mars and then the Mars sun opposition, that's like, um, is that a T square? Yeah. Oh, if they can, um, find cozy time away, um, if they can take getaways together in a place that feels like home or familiar and they can um be alone totally alone caring for each other right um if they can get that that might be able to be enough to mitigate this um or if they can find other ways to fight right can they play tennis together can they do sports together that'll help mitigate it can they do those things right because this is friction people well, those are my thoughts. Um, mitigate it, please. Please mitigate it for the rest of us, you know? Uh, all right. So that is my thoughts on the royal couple. Um, tell me what you thought. Tell me if there's other couples that you want me to do. Like I could do Harry and Meghan Merkel too. I'm interested in looking at their chart. Um, yeah, I will see you next time. Bye.